2: California and the Biden administration are looking to make access to electric vehicles and green transportation more equitable. LA Times reporter Evan Halper says they can look no further than Huron, a small central valley city with a program that just might make it the greenest migrant farmer community in the country. And joining me now is LA Times national reporter LA Evan Halper. Thanks so much for joining us, Evan.
0: Hey, Mina. Good morning.
2: So tell us a little bit about Huron for those of us who haven't been there before.
0: So this is kind of an isolated community in the Central Valley with a population of about 7,000 people. It's mostly migrant farm workers. The median household income is uh, $25,000 per household. Hmm. And, you know, it's it's hard to get anywhere from there uh, by public transportation. Uh, the mayor tells a story of when he was a kid and had a relative in the hospital in Fresno, you know, which is about fifty miles away and it took more than three hours and something like 18 stops. So this is a place that, you know, we called it in the story it's it's one of the most fertile places, you know, in in the country, but it's a transportation desert.
2: Wow, incredible. So to go about 50 miles or so it takes three hours by bus. <laughs> um talk a little bit about how that reality enabled a program to take hold that would allow people to have more transportation options.
0: So you have a, a mayor there, his name is Ray Leone who was really interested in, in climate change and, and sort of how can he leverage uh, all these grants that have become available through the state's climate law for his community. And he started looking at um what what he called a um, informal reitero program. Uh, you know, this is something that's been a- around these farm worker communities for a long time. It's kind of like ride sharing. It's like you know he calls it Uber. You know, decades before Uber existed, where people who needed to get to their jobs, you know, would get rides from other people. And you know, it's a Spanglish term reitero, you'd get a ride. The the ride is the rate. And and he thought, you know, how can we use the availability of uh, you know electric car technology? Uh, to to create kind of a a re- to formalize the Rayotero program, and what he did was he he got all of these grants from uh, you know from from funds that are that basically come from polluters that have to pay in under the state's climate law uh, you know for the right to pollute or to put greenhouse gases in the air. And that creates money for some of these innovative programs. And he tapped into that and was able to get, you know, nine electric vehicles in Huron. He's, he's getting, you know, three Teslas are going to be on the way. And he has some community members who are the drivers and the program works free of charge. And there's 30 charging stations in this small community. And when people need a lift, you know, they call the green rail Terrace program and they give them lifts. When we were there on a Tuesday morning you know, they were taking people to medical appointments in Visalia. You know, they, they were going to Coalinga, which is about 20 minutes away. You know, occasionally they'll they'll give people rides to um to Fresno, but but yeah, it's 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 run by this community. It's kind of become the, the backbone of the town, this this Green Ray Terrace program that the mayor created.
2: Yes, I I was struck by all the different reasons that people use the program, but it it was really, you know quite moving to, to see that for so many, it really is about getting just needed health care. <laughs> uh, things that can range from dialysis appointments uh, to chemotherapy appointments, and often elderly people as well who need to try to get to doctors in Fresno or Hanford, and fairly frequently too. I mean, we're talking about, you know, these are, are really important things they need to be able to get to.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we hear so often that, um, you know, particularly in, in with priority populations that access to a car or access to transportation is one of the biggest challenges. So when you don't have access to reliable transportation, everything else, of course, starts you know falling apart and you can't get to your job, you can't get to medical appointments, you can't get to important things that, that you need to, um, you know, to just sort of live a, a, a productive life. And In this case, what we, you know, we're talking about a lot of people who just can't afford their own cars. And so the community has figured out this way to share these cars and, and get people where they need to be. And it sort of is, what's interesting about this also is, you know, there's a lot of inequity in the way this transition toward electric vehicles is happening. I mean, you know, most of the charging stations are in the zip codes of the wealthiest people. You know, the subsidies are often to go toward people who can only afford to buy a car. You can't tap into the the state or federal help for, uh, you know, electric vehicle subsidies unless you're actually buying a car. In this case, they, you know, they flip that whole narrative. They found a way to take this electric vehicle technology, take the subsidies and make it work for for this community.
2: And the Huron Mayor that you've been referencing is on the line now. Ray Leon joins us. Hi, Ray. ray are you there oh i think i just learned we got disconnected right when i went to him um but you were getting at something that i was just about to ask him about which is why you think it worked why this program was able to sort of turn that old model of really focusing on the wealthiest communities and the people who can afford these kinds of vehicles for subsidies why it was able to accomplish that because i i know you spoke with Alvaro Sanchez of the Oakland-based Greenlining Institute, who basically said that uh, this program has revolutionized the way that we th- should think about planning for transportation and empl- and deploying transportation. How?
0: Yeah, that's a really important point. And why this program works so well was was because of the mayor and because this was a local grassroots initiative. You know, they figured out a way to take this money. What did the community need? How could they make this work? So often in transportation planning, what happens is, you know, there's, there's sort of a bureaucracy, there's the state, you know, there's, there's regional transportation agencies, and they have these programs, and they're one-size-fits-all, and, you know, it, it's complicated stuff, and they're like, this is the way we're doing it, and, you know, this is what we're doing for the community. In this case, you know, they, they just did all kinds of surveys. They really, you know, they had people involved at the local level who understood what the community needed and how it could work. And they went, you know, instead of from the top down, they they made it work from the bottom up. They put a lot of work, a lot of, you know, a lot of time, a lot of effort into making that happen. But this is really something the community itself created.
2: And let me see if the mayor is back with us. Ray Leon, are you with us?
3: Yes. Uh, good morning.
2: I'm here. <laughs> Welcome to Forum. Thanks so much for coming on. And I don't know if you just heard that last comment, but I do wonder if you had any sense when you were, developing this program that you are quote revolutionizing the way that we should think about planning for transportation and deploying transportation
3: you know I, I have a great honor in uh, in all revolutionaries uh, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that that uh, that notion because I think we do gotta you know especially in a time as difficult as today, uh, and it's, it's, it's not been easier even before the pandemic. You know, former communities have always been struggling. And uh, the, the fact was that uh, the intent wasn't to be revolutionary. The intent was to bridge gaps. The intent was to provide a service to those who deserve it, that have been working hard, toiling in the soil, to provide America the food that we need to sustain our, our nation. And, yeah. uh, you know, my parents are farm workers. My father, a Bracero farm worker from 57. Uh, and my mother was uh, really, I was uh, the right for my mother, you know, after she battled cancer. And, uh, and, and, and after that, mm-hmm. you still got to keep on going to the doctor quite a bit. And I seen how, uh, how the, what the struggle was like. And, you know, I have memories from when I was really young, uh, as uh, Evan mentioned in the article you know, traveling three hours, which is uh, to get to Fresno, which is in the car about 45 minutes away. In three hours, you could get to LA from here on. Uh, and the fact that uh, the, the, the system just wasn't set up to do something that was innovative to uh, provide the necessary uh, service to who we now identify as essential workers. And uh, we should have valued uh, essential workers, farm workers uh, more than, and I think we're still not valuing farm workers to the uh, uh, necessary uh, uh, the necessary amount today, mm-hmm. but uh, the green fuel bottles is uh, something that came out of actually, you know, a combination of of, of those experiences and uh, the thought process of uh, needing to provide equity and justice to my community, uh, who I am a part of, and also because i seen the uh, the the hybrids, uh, the EV plugins coming through. Back in 2014 is when I wrote the first article uh, talking about this idea, and during that time I was uh, uh, communicating with um, with a lot of our uh, our, um, our uh, my my committee members, my leaders in Huron, who most of them turned out were were themselves, drivers to to families in Huron to get them to their appointments, you know. And so, um, so, so when I approached them with the idea uh they loved it and they said let's do it and uh so i moved forward and we were able to get the resources to uh get it started you know and i got to give a a, a props to Lining institute because early on they were uh very instrumental in helping us get the first investment to 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 start this mm. but uh but so you know we built it from the ground up yeah uh, this, what makes it special is that this program was born out of the community and not dropped onto the community as uh, as as what is what usually happens. Yeah, you know, it came out of the community. It just uh, added technology uh, and some infrastructure to to the idea of what the reteros was. We made it green, and we're being pretty successful with it.
2: Ray Leon, mayor of the city of Huron. We're also talking with Evan Halper, a national reporter for the Los Angeles Times, about uh, how Huron has become the setting for a big example for electric car use, an innovative example of electric car use. And if you have reactions to what you're hearing, as always, 866-733-6786 is the number. You can also post any thoughts or reactions uh, on Twitter or so, so Facebook or Instagram, to- and you can email us, forum at kqed.org. You are listening to Forum.
3: I mean a Kim. Sorry,
2: Ray Leon, you had something you wanted
3: to say? Yes, Nina. I want to just clarify that uh, while I am the mayor of the city of Huron, my hometown, where my father arrived in 1951 as an orphan from Michoacan, undocumented farm worker, I, I have started this program under the nonprofit which I founded in 2008 called the Leap Institute. Wow. So it's a program within a nonprofit, and just uh, just to clarify, make sure that people aren't thinking that it's something that we created under the city. Uh, that was the initial intent uh, way yeah. before I was mayor, uh, inviting the city to to work with me to do this, but it never happened, and so I just kept it in the nonprofit, and which is better, like that. There's no conflict, you know. Uh, anyhow, yeah. So, um, well, so thanks. That's, that's where we're at.
2: Thanks for the clarification. I am curious. Um, Mayor Leon, what can the state or other entities do to support efforts like yours? Because it is supposed to be a big priority of the state and federal government.
3: Yeah, and, you know, and farm workers are those that are least able to purchase a vehicle, even with all the incentives that are existent and the tax breaks. Uh, The tax break at the federal level is $7,500. A low-income family does not... uh, uh, reach that amount of uh taxes owed you know that so that that basically is not applicable and exists uh, existing incentives is not sufficient uh, and i say that because uh, in the beginning i was saying i was talking about the need for uh for before we could use the canoes we need the water in the river uh a metaphor in terms of we need the infrastructure for charging uh before we can have the electric vehicles right. so i was successful in getting uh, uh 26 electric vehicle chargers level two in my city oh wow uh, and then there's another four at the elementary school so total we have 30 electric vehicle chargers in the city which makes the city uh the city and the nation with the most EV chargers per capita so you could say that we're the greenest farm worker city in the country uh, because <laughs> of that and the other thing is that uh now what I'm noticing is that we got all this infrastructure, but the vehicles aren't here. Why? Because farm workers do not earn the amount to be able to take up the cost that is remaining after the incentives kick in. Uh, we gotta be more intentional. And I think we gotta focus on the those that are being able to provide us, you know, the most essential needs that we have as Americans, AKA the farm workers and help them green up. And then everybody else will follow, right? you know uh, in neuron last i checked there's a there's a website and it may have changed since but uh there was uh five uh, families that owned e- uh, uh plug in vehicles uh that's a, a community of 7600 right and and it, it should be more it should be more uh, at the shop the, i'm not counting the vehicles we got in our fleet we got nine vehicles hopefully we're we're going to be bringing on board three more and then another four uh before the year is up but uh but you know and thanks to uh, general motors for uh uh, loaning us uh, uh, four boats and uh, volkswagen for loaning us one uh, uh id 4 but uh all this support is is very very good mm. and and i think uh, the investment should be in uh in in organizations like the leap institute or programs like green righteros uh even the expansion of green righteros we're talking to uh, uh uh riverside county and monterey county uh and uh, some other community cities uh to to uh, reinterpret this program but it's always about really finding out on the ground ensuring that what 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 they really need and want is is what they get yeah and so we don't just drop it on any community that's not what you do as an environmental justice leader for many years you gotta start where the people are right and so uh so that's i mean incentives gotta be increased so families could be able to afford these vehicles you know and uh and also um Uh, uh, you know, supporting uh, Leap Institute, Green Rateros to be able to expand where we can.
2: Well, Sue writes, thank you for this program on the mayor of a small town and the successful free electric transportation for people to get to doctor appointments. Please, more programs on solutions and how they did it. And this listener tweets, love that Ray has lifted our little town and is helping folks where it matters. Justice and equity for campesinos, for gente. I live in Berkeley, but I'm from Huron Califas. Adelante, Ray. That's Martin's uh, sure. <laughs> Fisher. <laughs> well, Evan Hopper, in your reporting, You have found that other places in urban areas, like in San Pedro, for example, um, are trying to implement these things. Um, What have you found is really needed to make these things successful, to to make them more widespread?
0: You know, it's remarkable how few programs like this there are, considering how far into this transition we're supposed to be. Um, You know, there have been some academics have noted that Moving, uh, you know, making electric vehicles accessible to uh, low-income populations in, in California is one of the the, the most urgent things needed to, for the state to reach its climate goals. Um, so what they're trying in San Pedro and um, in some other urban areas are, are these kind of car sharing programs where they don't drive you around, but you can actually, uh, you know, there's, there's a charging station that often it's a subsidized housing community. Uh, where you know you go and you you use an app and you borrow the car and in San Pedro you spend you know cost you like three dollars an hour to to use the car. Um, it, it's an opportunity to get people who wouldn't otherwise have access in to electric vehicles to sort of build the technology, see it, see how it can work. And you know that was another community where there was also kind of an informal ride sharing system going on before. So when they were looking. You know, planners were looking at places that can be open to this kind of thing. They saw, okay, we're, we're looking at sharing cars here, and here's a community where they're already doing some car sharing with, you know, gasoline cars. And, you know, talking to people there was another situation where they thought, yeah, I didn't think I'd be driving an electric car, but this is, you know, these are the kind of cars we're going to be driving in the future. This is an opportunity to do it, and um, I really like to be able to, you know, hop in this thing if there's a place to park it, and, you know, it works out for me and my family.
2: So it sounds like you're basically saying focus on the areas um, that need it most grassroots with important champions like, like Ray, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. There, there needs to be, as Ray said before, you know, just dropping something onto a community, you know, we, we've seen time and again, that doesn't work, but you know, these are communities that have needs that, you know, these, these vehicles can fill those needs. And when, when people, when, when the people who have the money, take the time to understand what the communities need work with the communities. And, and help them tailor the program around their needs. Uh, you know, that that resistance that we worry about, a cultural resistance or an economic resistance to these vehicles just goes away when people see okay, these can actually really help us, you know, fit the needs of the community.
2: Well, Evan, thanks for bringing it to our attention. Evan Halper, national reporter for the Los Angeles Times. And Ray Leon, thank you for the Green Riteros. Ray, mayor of the city of Huron. Really appreciate having you both on today. Thank you for the time, and thank
3: you, Evan, for the coverage.
2: (laughs) Thank you (laughs) both. And my thanks also to Susan Britton and Ariana Priel for producing today's segment. And of of course, always to our listeners who share their thoughts and reactions. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim.